Welcome back to the Can Do MS podcast. This episode features psychologist Roz Kalb and guest couple Randy and Sue. We'll discuss how Randy's MS diagnosis, and particularly the challenges he's faced in relation to bowel and bladder symptoms, has shaped their relationship. We'll also hear which management strategies have empowered Randy to live his best life. Thanks for tuning in. Please welcome Roz, Randy, and Sue. Hello, um, I'm Roz Kalb. I'm a clinical psychologist with Can Do MS, and I'm here today talking with Randy and Sue Marlock. And we're going to be talking about bladder and bowel changes and how they can be managed so that uh, people continue to live very full and active lives. So thank you for being here with me. So I'm going to start with you, Randy. Can you just fill us in a little bit about your, your history, what your life was like before your MS diagnosis? Well, um, very active. I hunt, would hunt and fish a lot with my dad, well, my parents and my grandparents. I also did a lot of coaching with the boys um, from their little league, football, baseball, and track and continued that up until my diagnosis in 2011. And I was actually on a hunting trip when I first had my first symptoms. I had some numbness in my left foot and I was constipated during that trip, which for me, for the Marlat family, constipation was not something or being not regular, uh, that was always something had. So anyway, I went through that hunting trip and come back and we were, I called my family doctor. He thought it might've been a pinched nerve, but he, he didn't at that time tell us that he was suspecting possibly MS, but it was a few weeks later, we were at a museum here close to our home and the boys were with us and we went through the museum and as we were exiting to come home and it's only about six miles away from our home so as we're coming out the doors i said to sue i said i should have probably went to the restroom well when i pulled in the driveway i realized that i'd wet myself and that's really what scared me because I didn't know until I went to get out of the car that that had happened. And so I called the doctor right away, the one that I had talked to before. Mm-hmm. And that's when he had us, he said, I'm going to contact the emergency room and I want you to go to the ER, but don't be alarmed by that. I, he said, I want to get things started right now. And so he said, take your time. And he, uh, said that he would inform the ER doctor of what he was looking for. So that's when the ER doctor come back and said, well, there's good news and bad news. The good news is, is it's not a pinched nerve. The bad news is, is he didn't know what it was. So that's when he set us up with the neurologist. And so that's kind of, and that was in 2011. And how old were you when you were diagnosed, Andy? Well, now I have to do math, Roz. Um, <laughs> So 2011, so it was 10 years ago. So I was 42. Okay, thanks. 
So, Sue, um, when did you and Randy get together? Oh, uh, we were 94. Okay, yep. so you've been together a while and certainly before any of the, these symptoms happened. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about your sons and what was it like for you and the boys who were much younger then when these uh, symptoms happened and became more challenging? Um, once Randy got the diagnosis of MS, um, we decided to be open with them. Um, I know everyone has a whole different level of comfort of how much they want to share with their kids. And we just knew because of the outward symptoms that Randy had, it was better to be open with them so that it wasn't uh, embarrassing or confusing or, and so that, you know, we could talk about some of those limitations. And so we did discuss, um, you know, when we'd go on trips, if there were issues and the boys understood that we had to make some adjustments. And so we were pretty open with them. So Randy, we're talking about bladder and bowel issues here, which are not the easiest of MS symptoms for people to talk about. Uh, and they've all obviously brought a lot of challenges into your lives. So before we get into those specifically, what do you think are your strengths that helped you manage these very intrusive symptoms? What is it about you that made it possible? You know, before MS, I was really independent and did everything. And um, obviously with some of those limitations that I have now, obviously Sue has to assist in a lot of that stuff. And so I think that my independence helps with that where I want to do things myself. But knowing that I can't do everything now, but knowing that by the, at the end of the day, with her help, we can get through it. And Ross, if I could add, of course, Randy is extremely open with his doctors, which I will be honest, for me initially, I uh, am a little more reserved. And I was like, oh, I can't believe he's sharing all of these details. Well, that was really important that he shared all of those details with his doctors, because then they would tell him, you know, well, that's a natural part. You'll see that in MS. That could be, you know, something that we have a solution for. And so I think Randy's ability to not only communicate with his doctors, but his group um, of friends and, and workout partners at MS Forward, having that support system that he's always been willing to share. And so he, he knows he can work out solutions just like other people can too. You sound like a, a problem solver, Randy. What about you, Sue? Yeah. What's the strength, Sue, that you bring that has made all of this possible and workable? Uh, I think it's teamwork. I yeah. think that, again, you know, we both have frustrations, you know, Randy with some of the body limitations and, um, you know, like Randy said, sometimes it's extra stress on having to 
come home from work to help out with something, you know, that might've happened, but yet it's keeping the open communication, talking to each other. And again, trying to figure out with the new normal, you know, how we're going to keep moving forward and try to stay as active as possible. So for the benefit of our viewers, before we talk a little bit in more detail about the bladder and bowel management solutions, can you describe, Randy, what your, the rest of your MS is like now, what you're able to do, what you're not able to do? Well, it, it started out where, you know, it was mild symptoms where I was able to use a cane to walk. Um, you know, at, at the beginning, I didn't have to use anything, but um, mm -hmm. then it progressed to where I was using a walker. Now it's where I'm in the power chair all the time that I'm out of bed. So it's kind of that the limitations that I have, I, I have numbness from about the belly button, a little above the belly button down mm -hmm. um, where I can't use my legs. Um, so my upper body is strong, but uh, other than that, the limitations were what we're going to talk about, the bowel and the uh, bladder issues. Um, and that was the big challenge was figuring that out and when to make those decisions and what to do about that. So, so let's, let's start with the bladder first. You mentioned that you had an accident on the way home and that was one of your very early MS symptoms. In fact, it was so early you didn't even know that you had MS yet. Right. So at what point did using a straight cath which for our readers is a catheter that a person uses him or herself to empty the bladder and then you put it away until the next time you need to do it. So at what point did you need to start using a straight cath? It was when my, I would start leaking um, and I would have to wear a pad and wear, if you are active, like I am, you don't think about that during the day. You know, I didn't have that sensation or that pressure that, hey, I've got to go to the bathroom. I had to remember, I got to go drain my bladder at a certain point in time. And depending on what I was drinking or what I was doing, um, maybe I didn't get that done and I would leak. And so, I was having to change several times a day and where, and then I started wearing um, garment uh, pads to absorb that. And it just, it, it continually got worse to where then the urologist said, let's do the straight cap. And so that's when I was introduced to that. So, so and then it continues to where then I had to proceed even further with the fully cath, which is in all the time and drains into a bag that uh, then I just have to drain the bag. So, and it, it eliminated the leaking or the soiling of my clothes to where that was a huge step in the, I guess, the quality of life because I didn't have to worry about Hey, I, I just wet myself and, you know, if I was out or whatever, you didn't have to worry about 
ever being in that situation where you had to cover something up or embarrassed or whatever. So, Sue, is there anything you want to add to that description of the man of the bladder management that went from a straight cath to an indwelling Foley catheter? Um, I think again, it was during the doctor's visits with his MS doctor and his urologist where Randy would share what was actually happening and, and share that frustration if there were uh, bladder accidents that occurred and you know how he could handle that or, or, or deal with that. And then when he went from a walker to the power chair, and then it became much more difficult to um, constantly do the straight calf. And so then his urologist, you know, talked to him about the Foley calf. And there were all sorts of things that, you know, ran through my mind. And I know Randy's mind as far as, well, now you're constantly wearing a bag. And how does that affect, you know, what you're wearing, shorts or pants or um, just management of that. And so... I think that was a great change when he actually did start using the Foley calf because when we'd go to the boys' activities, he didn't have to worry about rushing to find a bathroom or if there was even an accessible bathroom. That's the key part is the accessibility, is mm -hmm. knowing that you have someplace you can go. Because what started uh, the Foley calf was we were planning a trip to Alaska with the boys. And so I had a discussion with my urologist, like we had to do a flight first and how am I with the fully, or the, the straight cat, how am I gonna go to the bathroom on the airplane? It, it's not gonna happen. And so that's when he suggested the fully cat and we were kind of just playing it for this trip because we, we did a cruise and so on a cruise ship, yeah, at your room, you can possibly get into the bathroom, but not everywhere else is gonna be accessible. And so that's when he suggested the Foley cat. And I, I was able to change that myself. I didn't have to go into the clinic or whatever, have them change that. So I'm still able to do that now. So that has been extremely helpful to be able to manage that to where you know, even if it was just going out to dinner or whatever, the first thing I would do going in the restaurant would be, where's the bathroom? I got to see if it's accessible. And I would send one of the boys, Tyler was the, the uh, best one that Tyler go check the bathroom out for me to make sure I can get in there, you know, so. So, so if I'm understanding this correctly, the straight cath was the, the first strategy and that helped you actually time your avoiding. So you would straight cath in order to avoid accidents because you kept your bladder empty. Yes. When that stopped working for you because you were in a power chair, which made it harder to self-cath, um, the Foley became your link to freedom because yes. you could do that yourself. You could do it at your leisure. Um, and we've already heard you're going to games, you're going to Alaska on cruises. So clearly uh, it has given you that independence and freedom that's so important to you. What about the bowel? 
that is real recent. That's within a month and a half where I had uh, uh, issues with being constipated all the time and battling with using laxatives. And I couldn't find the happy medium where I was either constipated or it was just an explosion. And that is an understatement sometimes. That was, there were several times where laxative would be to the point where I couldn't control it because I don't have that sensation to hold it in or to hold it, it would just come out. So I would be at home and typically, you know, I'm home by myself a lot. Um, I do go work out every other day. And it also took, it was to the point where I would rather be constipated than having it loose because what, you know, I could control it. Um, Mm -hmm. I would know that, Hey, in the morning, that's when I go. Sue helps me on the shower, the commode chair. And I go, and then if I was to go to the gym, there would be days that I, depending on what I ate, maybe for breakfast or whatever, I would go to the gym and I would be concerned with if I strain too much, Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. And it did happen a couple of times there. I would call Sue up. Hey, I'm headed home. I need you to come home. We need to change. And it was just a process because everything was dirty. So we had to clean the chair, clean my, you know, myself, get in the shower again. You know, it was, and by that time, then I was so exhausted and coming out of the shower for the second time now within a few hours, And that's when I had the discussion with the uh, doctor regarding those issues. And he left it up to me. He says, I can help you, but it's totally up to you that if we go with the, the ostomy and you, you have to, be ready for that. But he said, I can tell you, it will be life-changing for you. So Sue, can you describe from your perspective as a wife, as a mom, as clearly a teammate managing all of this, what this transition time was like for you? Because obviously if you're being called home from work, to help with an accident that has a significant impact on your life. What, what was that like for you? You know, number one, it was challenging seeing Randy go through all of those body changes that he didn't have control over and know that he was frustrated because he was a very strong, independent person and he didn't have, you know, the ability to have control over that. And when he first started having the bowel issues, um, as he mentioned, not only was it something where you might be out and about and then you had a bowel incident and had to leave a function or had to leave a store or even a, an appointment, but then he also started having wounds. He started having sores on um, his bottom. And so we would deal with the wound doctor and it would take months to heal those wounds So, you know, in that transition, there was a lot of time and I know Randy was always worried about calling me home and, you know, it might take me a while to drive home and it was 
fairly quick to get resituated and get back to work. But I know that frustrated him every time he had to rely on me to help him mm -hmm. uh, to fix a situation. And so when he started to talk to the doctor about the ostomy, I was pretty nervous. And I don't know that I really shared this with you um, because it was another surgery and it was you know, going under anesthesia and with his MS, I knew when he had a surgery years ago, it had an impact on some of the walking or it might've just been coincidental that there was a decrease in the amount of walking at the same time as the surgery. And so it's always his body and his choice. And I always, you know, support his decisions, but I had a little bit of concern about having another surgery and what did this mean that now there's a second bag? And so we had an appointment with um, the doctors to talk about, you know, what does this ostomy bag actually look like? Where does it actually go on your body? You know, could we see a sample? You know, can you show us what that might look like under the shirt? Can you, you know, how does he sleep with it? Having all of those questions address to know before you go into a surgery um, that it's something that you can manage in your daily life and that it's not going to have a bigger impact. And so I really appreciated the doctors having those meetings with us while Randy was making his choice. And I think it was probably COVID played in a little bit as far as delaying it, but I think you had a six month period where you mm -hmm. first started talking to the doctor about it. And when you came back again and said, this is the choice I want to make. Yeah. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity to, you know, it, it is a change, but like the doctor said, it is life changing and it has been life changing. So if I was to say anything to somebody else that has the same type of, type of issues that I was having, I, I can only say, please talk to your doctor because, and discuss that in make sure that it's the right choice. And I know it's the right choice that I made. And uh, I am so glad that it's, it's uh, happened within, you know, the last month and a half has been life changing because it's, I don't have to worry about it. Um, the only thing you have to worry about, and it's a learning curve on how it all works and you will be, you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, but I figured it out and it's, only been a month and a half since my surgery and it has really changed everything that that I do I don't have to worry about it. I go to the gym I don't worry that I'm gonna have an accident it's all controlled um, you don't have to worry about anything so could you just describe for our listeners what the ostomy is how does it work we understand that the indwelling catheter urine collects in a bag that you then change whenever it needs to be changed. People may be less familiar with an ostomy. Can you just describe what that is? Okay, the surgery is basically your intestine is then routed to somewhere on your belly. Mine's just to the left side, and typically it's on the left side because that's where your uh, intestines are located. Um, yep. it's above and to the left of my belly button and mm -hmm. they will, they will go through and figure out where 
it is best for the positioning of that, for your body structure and that. And mm -hmm. so it's, your intestine is sticking out of your stomach and don't be grossed out by it because I'm telling you, it's, it, it is kind of nasty to look at, but it is actually your intestine and it stays moist. You don't have to worry about infection, nothing like that. Because that was my concern was, how are you going to keep this clean enough to keep it from being infected? The doctor's explanation was, you know, simple to me because he's talking to me, not another doctor. Your intestine always has poo in it or stools in it. So don't be concerned that there's stools sitting on there because there will be all day long. It's, it's sitting there and it's draining into a bag then that is stuck to your skin and the the bags I have been amazed by how they stick to your skin and my skin has not been irritated by it and you know there's an ostomy doctor that we would we've seen um and she goes over that with on how to change that bag and all that but uh, the problem that I was having with the discharge through the uh the rectum is all gone now. I don't have to worry about moisture down there. And I can't tell if it's moist until Sue comes home and puts me into, you know, we get into bed, then she, oh, you're wet. Well, I don't have that issue anymore. I don't have to worry about the sores that were created because of all the moisture or the stools that I didn't know was there. Because a lot, you know, sitting in this power chair all day, unless you move, Within the power chair, there's times when you don't smell it. And so that's what created the pressure sores, the breakdown of the tissue to where I, it was months. I, I had a pressure sore for four months. And that was frustrating because I couldn't control it. I couldn't change it. Sue then would have to at nighttime or whenever during the day, if I need to, to change a bandage or something like that. I haven't had any of that issue. And now that they've rerouted that, I don't have to worry about that. And it's, it's been really nice to be able to, it puts me more in control because I, you know, all I got to do is pay attention when that bag fills up and then go drain it. And then it's, it's fairly simple. And I just hope that, other people that are maybe going through this that they realize that it it only comes down to just talking to your doctor and it, it sounds as though it's not just independence and control which you've obviously regained and you're using to the fullest but you've also taken steps to protect your health because the skin breakdown that you're talking about can be life-threatening so uh you've really solved some big problems by uh, making these adaptations. Um, Sue, is there anything you wanna add to that? You know, again, communication is key. When Randy would go to the wound doctor when he first had the ostomy bags, there were some challenges and she asked if, you know, there was leaking and we thought it was maybe just more user error, you know, and it's like, do you want to admit that you don't know how to do it, right? Because it shouldn't be that difficult, but when, we did talk with her about the concern. She said, well, you know, we need to look at your stoma because 
there's a different type of bag that's convex and you shouldn't have any leakage. And so just that message again of share with your doctor what's going on, because again, we thought it was user error and she said, there's a simple solution and that should never be happening. Help, let me help you find the solution. And so I think that's always an important key. So I have one final question for the two of you. Um, what's the most fun thing that you've been able to do in the last month that you weren't able to do before? Most fun thing. Well, definitely we, we traveled to Colorado quite a bit to see our boys since they're both in college there. Yeah. And, you know, with these changes, um, we've been able to drive, it, you know, we can be on the road for seven hours. We can drive to the parking lot and attend the spring game and not have to worry that we're going to leave the spring game. And so, and we can hang out with the other parents that are there too. And mm -hmm. the social setting, you know, we're at an RV park. And again, we don't have to worry about leaving because of the situation. So yeah, that, that's probably it more being able to travel, to travel to Colorado, see the boys and attend their football games. And I, now I don't have to worry about a bathroom because I can do that in the van. And the doctor has told us, you know, you can drain it into a, a water bottle for your, the bladder. You can drain these stools into a Ziploc bag. And I don't have to worry about finding a bathroom. And that's, that's the challenging part. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great places that are accessible, but there's a lot that are not. And they say they're accessible. Now, even a motel room, you know, they say they're accessible. Well, yeah, they're accessible, but whether I have to get onto a toilet, no, sometimes they're not. Well, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I can go poop quicker now than I could before. Yeah, I was going to say, there's some advantages that the rest of us still yeah. don't have because the rest of us are still looking for the bathrooms. So thank you very much, Randy and Sue. This, this is a very helpful conversation for lots of people and your willingness not just to talk to your doctors, but to share with others um, is a gift. So thank you so much. Wow, thank you so much, Randy and Sue, for sharing pieces of your journey with us. Bowel and bladder symptoms can be very difficult to talk about, so we really appreciate your openness. Big thanks to Roz for facilitating such a thoughtful discussion. Finally, our biggest thank you goes out to you, our listeners, for tuning in to another episode of the Can Do MS podcast. If you haven't already had a chance to listen, please be sure to check out our other podcast episodes. For additional bowel and bladder-related resources, please visit www.candu-ms.org slash bowel-bladder. A link to that page can also be found in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much, and we'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm.